what nurtures you, what matters to you, and most importantly, who you are. That's the heart of self-care. That's why I asked Karen to remind us in her song that each one of us matters. Each one of us is loved and makes a difference from the get-go. I want to start this talk by sharing a fairly long section from the Science of Mind textbook. In it, Ernest Holmes affirms the power of the personalness of the divine. We should think of God not only as a principle, forever pushing forward into expression, but as infinite person. In other words, if we merely think of an abstract principle and a mathematical law of cause and effect, we shall lose all warmth and color. We should be very careful in abstracting the principle not to forget the essence. There is something in the human mind that desires to think of God or spirit as person. Anything which has been in the human mind since time began, anything that we are unable to erase from the human mind as a deep urge, arises out of reality. So, let us not forget that there is an inherent necessity for warmth and color. The universe is more than an inexorable law of cause and effect. In each one of us, to each one of us, through each one of us, something is personalized. Spiritual evolution should make the infinite not more distant, but more intimate. Spiritual evolution should make the infinite more intimate. So how are we to bring an intimacy to the infinite, to make it a presence of warmth and color? Obviously, I'm speaking today, so I have some suggestions of practices. The first practice takes a bit of, of con context. Each religious and philosophical tradition has some explanation for the creation of the world and particularly for humankind. I'm going to give you an abbreviated version of what we tell as the story in Science of Mind. In the beginning, all that was, was consciousness, universal mind. As that consciousness came to know itself, its self-knowing, its thoughts, created forms in time and in space, forms including our human form. Because it created out of itself, out of its consciousness and its allness, we have within us, as human beings, that same creative consciousness, as well as gifts unique and personal to each one of us. That's the given of our story. As I was writing that up, I realized that it reminded me of modern quantum physics. 
and the ways in which those scientists explain what they've experienced in the microcosm that they study. Depending upon how they imagine the experiment's result, what they're measuring, the qualities of the energy or light that they're measuring align with that thought. You all probably heard sometime in school, light is a particle and a wave. It's a wave and a particle and a wave and a particle. When scientists believe that they're measuring waves, that's what shows up. When scientists believe they're measuring particles, that's what shows up. Thought is creative. What we expect to see, we see. Why does that relate to what I'm talking about, personalizing the infinite? Because the divine is infinite. And we create our experience of that divine within ourselves, within our gifts, our infinite awareness, our consciousness, our being that bit of the divine. As you'll hear me summarize at the very end, that's the heart of self-care. When you know, when you really embody and feel that you matter, that you have amazing divine qualities expressing in, through, and as you, you care for that because you can't help it. You are aligning with that, and that becomes your presence in the world. There are some other ways that we can experience this or think about this concept. We often talk about the wave and the ocean. The wave being our individual expressions and the ocean being the one. The waves arise and they subside and they arise and they subside, but they're always within the ocean. Maybe because I love science fiction, I have another metaphor that I like to use. That all in all in all is a primarial goo that's everywhere present, beyond time, beyond space, goo. <laughs> and now and then, out of the consciousness of that goo, something bubbles up, a form in time and space. Maybe a mountain, maybe a person, maybe a dinosaur, a butterfly, and eventually it subsides back into the goo, and then it bubbles up again and again. The infinite is always creating, but it's not creating clones of itself. It's creating a unique, personalized, individualized beings with their own gifts and qualities. So the first practice, besides knowing that we matter, is recognizing that because of who we are, because we are this creation that embodies qualities of the divine, of the infinite, we need to be aware of that, celebrate that, and unfold, let blossom those special, personal, and unique gifts of who we are. That's our practice, our first practice, to know ourselves and let ourselves blossom forth. The second practice 
is one that um, comes through in maybe one of the best examples in the Bhagavad Gita. I suspect that many of you are already familiar with this story, but it, it merits retelling. The Bhagavad Gita is a much revered and studied element of the Hindu scriptures. And in the section I'm referring to, Arjuna, a prince, is discussing with his charioteer what he sees on the battlefield in front of him. He is uncomfortable knowing that he is going to be fighting against members of his family because of a challenge to the succession of the king. At some point, as he's in this strained, difficult conversation with the charioteer, he says, oh, he realizes the charioteer is actually a form of the divine in the moment named Krishna. And so he starts to beg and plead Krishna to show his full divine self. And Krishna keeps saying, you have no idea what that would be like. You can't handle it. No, 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 not happening. And Arjuna, being Arjuna, a prince, and probably used to getting his way, keeps saying, I want to see all of you. Finally, Krishna says, okay, I warned you, kavum. A few moments later, Krishna says, please go back to charioteer. I can't handle all of this allness. The infinite is infinite, and there's some magic in that that you may or may not notice all the time. Since it's if infinite, the divine can show up however you need it to show up. It doesn't have to be in one particular form as the right way to see the spirit, the God, the whatever. That infinite allness can be in a way with you because you are a part of it that speaks to you and is personal to you. I want to give you a, an example from my life that I still chuckle about. Years ago, I thought I wanted to be a congregational minister. In that denomination, that process begins by identifying a mentor, even before you ever sign up for seminary or any of the rest of that. The mentor and you get together weekly or monthly, whatever works for you, to discuss the nature of a call to ministry. My mentor was a remarkable woman. I heard her speak one Sunday at a church and went, aha, that's my mentor. She was kind, she had a good sense of humor, she had a deep spiritual practice, and every person she encountered, she loved. She was also very wise in inquiry and looking within and making space for people to know who they are. And so sometimes we'd meditate or I'd contemplate. Now and then I'd have a conversation within about whatever with a part of my body or sometimes with Jesus. I was coming out of a Lutheran tradition years back and that was a natural thing for me to do. One of those times, as I was chatting with Jesus, who because of my Christian Lutheran background had a brown beard, long hair, white robe, of course, because that was what all the pictures were like in the church. 
I looked at him and I said, why are you always showing up with the beard and the hair and the robe? I mean, really? <laughs> and he kind of looked at me and he chuckled. And then in the moment, images of Buddha, of Krishna, of the pot-bellied laughing Buddha flashed in my head. Just boom, 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 boom. Reminding me, I get to choose the way that I relate to spirit. That it's not a given. It doesn't always have to be that poster boy, you know, long-haired, bearded guy up on the wall. It can be whatever I need it to be because it's infinite. See, that's the power of infinite. That's the power of it. We, we, we have this way that we look at being spiritual and being in communion as this awesome, fixed, defined way we must be to get there. All that is, is spirit. All that is, is infinite. And in that view from up high, not up high in heaven with perspective, all is good. All is good. But that's the third practice. We'll get to that one. So when you are in need of comfort or laughter or wisdom, you choose how spirit shows up personally for you. For example, sometimes I do want that Jesus that now shows up generally in blue jeans under an oak to talk about something. Other times I want universal mind with a capital M to contemplate a mystery. Other times I need to drop into deep, unconditional love that just wraps me in its arms, embraces me, and reminds me that I am loved. All of that is just a teeny tiny bit of this infinite that we make personal. Exactly as we need it to be in a moment. We're in charge of that. God does it say, all right, I'm showing up as a burning bush, that's it, I'm done. You got to relate to the burning bush. No, no, no. God shows up in ways that speak to you because you're bringing that image in connection with you. Please hear that. So, knowing that you matter, knowing that you choose your relationship image to spirit, and it probably changes a whole bunch. Third, some years ago, Edward had a talk in which he listed some of the names of God he found in the Science of Mind textbook. I think there were about 98. Some of you may remember that. How you name this mystery of the infinite has a power, has, has a way of 
defining what you're experiencing. I invite you for a moment to settle in. You can leave your eyes open or closed. And notice what you feel as I suggest a few names for the infinite. Love. Nature. Counselor. Light. The thing itself. Source. I expect that as you briefly dropped into each of those names, there was a slightly different sense of it, a slightly different feel. I invite you now and then to think about your names for the divine. All in all, living spirit, love, Buddha, father, mother, God, energy, each one colors your relationship. Neither, none of them is better or worse. The goal is to practice that connection to that infinite from which we emerge, in which we live, and bring it personally to you. See, personalizing the infinite starts with spirit. Spirit thinks something into form and that something has unique gifts and individual ways of being and consciousness. But all the rest of it, the becoming fully present and personal in spirit, is ours to do. It's ours to do because that relationship is the heart of life. So, getting close to the end of my time, and I want to share something that again comes from Ernest Holmes. It talks about the wisdom of the mystics, and I suggest that it's actually wisdom that's available to all of us. It comes from the Science of Mind textbook, Mystics have consciously walked with God and talked with God just as we talk with each other. It's difficult to realize how this can be. It's hard to understand how a being so universal as God must be can talk with us. Here alone, the mystic sense reveals the greater truth and knows that as infinite as the divine being is, it is still personal to all who believe in its presence. It is entirely possible for us to talk with the spirit, for the spirit within us and that who made the ears can hear. There's one final practice that I want to mention that I'm not sure we always think of as personalizing God. That's prayer. In a class I'm teaching right now, one of the participants had a question about prayer. She asked how we know that it's a good prayer, 
that it's not something coming from our ego. That stimulated a robust discussion because I think it's a question that sits with us very often. Are we doing a good prayer or is it one that really is stupid and shouldn't be done? And I know each of us from the laughter and my own wincing inside has had that experience. Oh, that's not something I want to pray about. At the end of that conversation, something had resonated in me. And here's what I realized. There is a core belief in me that absolutely knows prayer is good. That God, divine, infinite, beloved, does not judge each prayer. And, oh, there's a good one. Oh, no, that one is not any good. Oh, there's an enlightened one. I got to pay attention to that one. <laughs> that is not Spirit's way. When we are present, when we are aligned and in, attuned, and even sometimes when we're flailing about, going, oh my God, all I can think is help. We are inviting spirits' aliveness to be in us in a way that we're aware of. It's always in us. But we're inviting ourselves into that relationship, into realignment in a very personal way. In the class, as you might assume, one of the things I'm doing is teaching the five-step prayer. And it's a valuable spiritual practice, and it sometimes helps us to let go of old beliefs that don't serve us. That said, and I know I'm recorded, I would rather you pray from your heart then check off the five steps. I would rather you know that that infinite aliveness is who you are, that you co-create with that infinite allness, and from that knowing, share your heart's longing. However you pray, Pray from who you are. And in those moments you can't touch into that, find someone who can remind you of who you are. Because you absolutely matter. You are loved. You are creative. You have infinite choices as you can receive and imagine them. You are the infinite in form, personalized and reflectively, reciprocally, reciprocally <laughs> repersonalizing the divine. It's not this down to you. It's a circle. It's a dialogue. It's a beingness in that one. That's the essence of it. So I want to close with a little more of Ernest, just to convince you that he's not entirely, that he is mystical. <laughs> Let's put it that way. This comes from a wee little book called Can I Talk to God? Can We Talk to God?
Consider the spirit as a warm, pulsating, reciprocal thing. It presses against us. It flows through us. It is our intelligence. It is a great universal urge and surge. It is a warm, colorful thing. It is a beautiful thing. It cannot be put into words. You can only feel it. It is the heart of who you are. Let's take that into prayer. Breathing in and centering. Recognizing that all in all in all, beyond time, beyond form, beyond my wildest imagining, and yet present, intimate, personal, in each and every moment. As that one is everywhere present, it is within me, around me, as me, expressing through me, in each and every moment. As I know that for myself, I know that for each one hearing these words. We are spirit in form. We are present. We are alive. We are creative. We have infinite possibilities to explore for the unfolding of our withness in the one. Resting in this truth and held up in this truth, I am in awe and wonder and gratitude. This is how it works. As simple and powerful as it is. And so together we affirm, and so it is. <laughs>